If you wanted to follow along in the passage today, I know that the bulletin says Matthew, but we're actually going to be in Mark. So I apologize if you already queued up your Bible and you were ready to go. I'll give you an extra second to move over uh, Mark in the next uh, book there. So Mark chapter 8, verses 10 through 21 here today. And immediately he entered the boat with his disciples and came to the district of Delmutha. The Pharisees came out and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. Sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, Why does this generation seek for a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Leaving them, he again embarked and went out onto the other side. And they had forgotten to take bread and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. And he was giving orders to them, saying, Watch out, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? They said to him, Twelve. When I broke the seven for the four thousand, how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said to him, Seven. And he was saying to them, Do you not yet understand? Well, I don't know if, if you've ever been in this situation, but... Um, I've been in this situation plenty of times because my family has told me that I've been in this situation plenty of times. And that is, apparently, when you tell me where something is at, I cannot find it. That's supposedly what I was growing up. Thankfully, my parents are not here to confirm that, but that is some stories that they like to tell. But if you've ever been in that situation where somebody tells you exactly where something is at, and you go to that exact place, and you're looking right at it, and yet for some reason, it disappears. It's, it's actually this amazing thing. We did this the other night for dinner. I was making dinner, and I told Emily, we don't have an ingredient And she said, yes, we do. It's in the fridge. And I said, no, I just looked all through the fridge. I have pulled everything out. I'm being a little dramatic. I've pulled everything out. I've looked high and low in the fridge. It is not there. And I kid you not, as she opened the fridge, I just saw it right in the corner. And I thought to myself, how do I grab that and make it disappear before she notices? But then I just came up with an excuse. But if you've ever been in that situation, it can be a little embarrassing. But if you've been on the other side of things where you're trying to explain to somebody where something is at and they just don't see it, that can be rather frustrating, can it? When, when you say to somebody, like my wife, no, the barbecue sauce is in the fridge, and then she has a husband that's obstinate and says, no, it's not, I looked high and low, and then she opens it, and there it is, practically shining for everybody to see. It can be a little frustrating when you explain where something's at and somebody doesn't see it. Well, that's the part of the passage that we're in today with Jesus and the Pharisees and Jesus and the disciples is that truth is right in front of them and yet they can't really see it. And and Jesus not only is right in front of them, but he's explaining to them what is going on and yet for some reason there's blindness there as to what he's trying to reveal. 
And so this part of the story uh, starts out with Jesus having just fed 4,000 people. So Mark chapter 8, uh, uh, he goes out, he has compassion on the people, he teaches them, and then he feeds them. And then as he's leaving, the Pharisees stop him, and they say to him, give us a sign that you're from heaven. Give us a sign that you're truly from God. Now what Jesus just did, he just fed 4,000 people with a handful of food. If you remember that story, uh, he has compassion on the people. He doesn't want them to leave without eating. And, and so he says, well, what food do we have? And they grab a few loaves and a few fish, and he begins to break it and, and pass it out. And by the way, this is the second time that he's done a similar miracle. The first one was 5,000 people. This one's 4,000. And, and he breaks all of that. He gives it to the people. So, and then not only does he feed all of the people with the little bit of food that he has, but then he says, well, go and collect the leftovers. It's like leftovers. We barely had any to begin with. And then they go through and they collect seven basketfuls. The time before it was 12 basketfuls. So Jesus has just did this in front of the Pharisees and the Pharisees approach him and they say, can you give us a sign that you're from heaven? Can you just, just one miracle, Jesus, and we'll believe that you're really from God. There's a level of obstinance that the Pharisees have where they know that these miracles are taking place and they know that Jesus is a teacher of the law and they know that he teaches with authority. And so what they do is they move the goalposts over and over again. They, they ask for a sign and then when a sign is given to them, they say, well, that's not really the sign we're looking for. Can you give us another sign? And then when they try to trap him in, in his theology and his teaching, Jesus is able to answer the questions. He's able to give an explanation. He's even able to explain to them why they're wrong. And they walk away saying, see, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And so Jesus is running into the Pharisees over and over. And so when they come to him and say, would you give us a sign? He just says to them, no, I'm done. I, I'm done trying to prove to you that I'm really from God. Because he sighs within his spirit, it says, and, and he says, why do you continually seek a sign? Now, just to be clear, there's nothing wrong with that. That, that was actually very normal in Jesus' day, that when a teacher came along, you would ask them, prove to me that you're from God. Pro prove to me with a sign, a miracle, a teaching that you have that would let us know that you're really sent by God. The problem is the Pharisees have already received that sign. It's right in front of them and they say, well, that's not good enough. It's right in front of them and they say, this is not what we're looking for. In our Christian lives, we're going to run into people that have that level of obstinance in their life for one reason or another. We're going to run into people that, that have the truth. That it's, they've been given the truth. They've been basically proven that, no, Christianity is real, the faith is real, and yet for some reason they won't receive it. And what we've got to make sure to do, though, is we've got to make sure to let them go with God and let God continue to work on them until they're ready to receive the truth that's in front of them. I think of somebody like C.S. Lewis, who, who was a, 
an amazing teacher. He was an incredibly gifted man, and yet he did not believe the gospel for a lot of his life, for the longest time. He would read different Christian writers, and he would laugh at them. Uh, there's a letter that he writes to one friend that basically says he would believe in Christianity if it ever made sense. And so he laid out for his friends that he doesn't believe uh, Christianity. He doesn't believe the scriptures. He doesn't want anything to do with them. And then he writes later on in one of his books, he says, I, I got on the train station uh, fully aware that, did, that God did not exist. And when I got off of the train station, I believe that God existed. And he said somewhere along the line on that train ride when he was speaking with a friend, he believed. Somewhere along the line, the truth was presented to him, maybe in a different way, but maybe in the same way. In whatever case, it was the truth from God that before he didn't believe it, and then he believed it. So when we run into people who have been presented the truth, and we've shared the gospel with them, and there is no answer, or, or, or maybe they give excuses as to why they don't believe, we need to let them go with God. We need to continue to pray with them and let them let God handle them. The other thing this has to do with our Christian life is, you know, sometimes we run into obstinance ourselves. Sometimes in our Christian life, we ask God for a sign. He clearly gives a sign, and then we say, well, that's not really the sign I was looking for. Um, this happened to me. I had gotten out of high school uh, I, I know I've told you guys that I've worked at McDonald's, and I just, I wanted something else. I wanted a different job. I didn't want to continue to work there. And when I got back to town after college, uh, I was applying at different places, and lo and behold, the one that wanted to hire me, McDonald's. And I thought, I, I just, I don't want to go there. So I prayed. I prayed a long time. You know, God, would you just give me something else? Lord, if you want to bless me with another job, I just pray that, that I wouldn't get called a after this interview. And like the phone rings. Hi, this is McDonald's. When can you start? Well, you know, God, that's, that's not the sign I was looking for. So then I thought, well, I, I had to go get special shoes uh, to work there, special no-slip shoes. And I remember saying, God, if you have something better for me, don't let my car start so I can't go to the store. And it started right up. God, let me get pulled over by a police officer so I can't make it to the store. No police on the road. I walk in the store. Lord, don't let there be my size shoes. There's, I mean, they're all size 10 and a half. Oh, my goodness. Lord, please, if you don't want this for me, don't let me buy the shoes. I bought them. And I worked at McDonald's another four years. But that's an instance where, you know, we want something. And then we want God to bless it. And so we pray for signs for what we want. And when God doesn't bless it, we wonder, well, where's the sign at? Where's the sign that God is supposed to give me that I'm supposed to go in this direction? And the reality is, God has a different sign for a different direction in our life. So we need to be reminded in our own Christian life that the truth could be very well in front of us. God's will could be very clear, and maybe we're having trouble not seeing it, but maybe our trouble is we want to ignore it. 
And so we're asking for signs elsewhere when the reality is God has given us a sign. He's given us as well. We just need to be obedient. So as Jesus is done with the Pharisees, he gets in the boat, and, and as they're headed out to the other side of, of the lake, or the sea, excuse me, uh, Jesus begins to teach the disciples. Now, Jesus is a miracle worker, okay? Jesus does heal. Jesus does perform miracles to help others. But Jesus' profession, what he's doing with the disciples is he's a teacher, The whole reason the disciples are following Jesus is he is to teach them about God. And so when they get in the boat, Jesus begins to do just that. He starts a lesson for them, and he begins to say to them, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. And what the lesson is supposed to go into is he wants to tell them that the Pharisees, even though they are also teachers of the law, even though they are religious leaders, Jesus is trying to warn the disciples, they don't know everything and they may try to deceive you. And then on top of that, there's King Herod, who, who uh, the Roman government has established is the king of the Jews. And Jesus is trying to explain to his disciples, he's not God's king. And the Pharisees, they're trying to deceive you. But as he's giving this lesson to the disciples, when he says the word leavened, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod, they look at each other and say, did we pack enough food? And they look, and as Jesus is giving the lesson, they look and they see that they only have one loaf of bread for all of them. And so as he's teaching, they begin talking with one another And they begin saying, what if we run out of food? What if on this trip we don't have food and we don't have enough money to buy food? Do we have enough to get through the evening? Do we have enough to get through the next day? What do you think? And as they're discussing this, I just picture, you know, he just left the Pharisees. And then he goes to the disciples to teach them and and, and the truth is in front of them and they're worried about dinner. They're worried about the food that's... And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to make this trivial. This is important. I mean, in their day and age, you live day to day. You didn't stockpile food for the week. You didn't go grocery shopping for the month. You went day by day hoping that you would get enough food, hoping there was no famine, hoping you had enough money. And so there was legitimate fear that the disciples had. The, the problem is... Jesus was not addressing their fear. He was addressing something deeper than what was going on. He wasn't addressing the food. He was addressing the spiritual vitality of their lives. And he was trying to give them strength in their spiritual lives, and they ignored it. Sometimes we run into that problem in our own Christian lives. Sometimes there is a problem that's present, and we see it. We we know it. But we just want to stare at the problem we can see when there's other issues below the surface that are taking place. And sometimes we're so distracted by the problem that we see in front of us, we don't stop to ask the question, God, what's really happening here? What's really happening below the surface that you want to help me with, that you want to teach me about? I ran into this in one of my church appointments where something had occurred in the church and, and I just, I couldn't understand what was going on. 
And, it, and, and so I called the two wisest men I knew in my life, and so that was my dad and my father-in-law. And when I got to my father-in-law, uh, I was looking for advice from him, and, and he said, oh, I don't know. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> he said, I don't know what's going on. And he said, are you sure that's the problem? And so I laid it out. I said, yeah, here's the problem. Here's what's going on. I'm so confused. I, I, and people are looking to me for leadership. And he said, well, have you taken a moment to ask God what lesson he's trying to teach you in this moment? And my first reaction was, well, no, because I can see the problem right in front of me. But what he was getting at was, hey, you might see something in front of you, but there's probably some deeper things going on that God knows about, and he's trying to teach you how to solve that. You see, in our own Christian life, sometimes there's some things right in front of us that we want God to take care of. And we might try to barter with God and say, well, God, if you would take care of these needs that I know are going on, well, then we can go deeper into our relationship. And God's response is, I see those needs, but I'm not going to talk about those right now. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about what's deeper in your Christian life. I want to teach you something. So our call as Christians in our Christian life is to always be seeking from God what he's trying to teach us. What is he trying to teach us from the scriptures? What is he trying to teach us from our spiritual walk with him? Well, this argument of bread uh, is going on with the disciples, and, and I, can, I can only sense Jesus' frustration with this, because remember, the Pharisees were blind to the truth in front of them, but the Pharisees weren't following Jesus. The disciples were. And, and as the disciples are talking about this, Jesus basically says, are you blind? You know, and he's quoting the Old Testament. There, there's passages in Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, where God says there will be a day where those with eyes won't be able to see, those with hardened hearts won't be able to hear, those, those who are, will say they're seeking the truth, but they won't ever find it. So these are Old Testament passages, and Jesus begins to quote them to the disciples and say, are you one of those people? Are you blind? Did you not see what I just did? Keep in mind, we're about halfway through the book of Mark by chapter 8, and by this point, Jesus has performed about 15 miracles for people to see. Two of those miracles occurred in crowds of people where it was more than one miracle. All the passage says is, and Jesus brought to them their sick and demon-possessed, and he healed them. So that means that more than once in those crowds of people, he was just, he was healing all sorts of people. And the disciples were there to witness it. Twice, twice, Jesus feeds 5,000 and 4,000 people. In two different occasions, the disciples saw that Jesus did not have enough bread to feed that many people, and yet he somehow did it. The last miracle that Jesus performed in front of his disciples was not having enough food and then having seven basketfuls after he's fed everyone. And yet the disciples are still concerned that they don't have enough food. It, it's sort of the same as, as when you feed your kids and then they're hungry again. And I know what I say to my kids all the time, do you think I'm not going to feed you? 
Have you ever missed a meal a day in your life? And sometimes they'll think about it. Sometimes they'll ignore the question and just say again that they're hungry. But this is where the disciples are at. The, the problem they're running into is they're still afraid. The problem they're running into is their trust in the Lord is still building. And so Jesus now has to change courses with his lesson. We wanted to talk about the Pharisees and the Sadducees and their blindness. Now Jesus has to address with the disciples their blindness in their faith in him. And so he does just that. He asks them, okay, were you there for the 5,000? Remember when I broke the bread and the fish? How many basketfuls were left over? Well, there were 12. Okay, that's right. When I fed the 4,000 just a little bit ago, how many basketfuls were there left over? Well, there were seven. Do you still not understand? It's a rhetorical question that Jesus is answering. He's saying to them, do you see what I'm willing to do for you? Do you see not only my abilities? I I can do this. I can, (laughs) you know, I... They're complaining about a loaf of bread, and I almost picture Jesus, oh, enough about the loaf, you know, and start breaking it and handing it out. That's sort of, you know, he he wants them to understand that he sees the problem that they have, and he'll take care of it, but not right now. That's sometimes a reminder that we need in our life. As, As we're looking at a problem, maybe it's a distraction. Maybe God hasn't solved that problem in front of us, Because it's actually a distraction to a deeper issue that God wants to solve. And he's going to take care of it. He's going to resolve whatever is there. He's your God. He's your Father. He wants to do this for you. But we need to lay aside the distraction and, and find a moment where we're able to say, Okay, Jesus, I've already prayed about this and I've already handed this to you. Lord, teach me not to fear about this. Teach me not to be afraid. Show me what you want to do in my life. As we go on in our Christian lives, we're reminded over and over that the truth is right in front of us. God has provided us with his presence. God has provided us with his direction. God has provided us with his provision, his daily provision. And so our calling as we leave this place is when we run into people who haven't yet seen that, Continue to show them, but maybe there's a time that you just leave them with God and trust. God is going to reveal the truth to them when they're ready. As we continue in our Christian lives, we're reminded not to be distracted by the problems that we see, but to continually seek what is God trying to show us in our lives and always, always seeking his will for what he has for us. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the truth that you have revealed to us in your scriptures. Lord, we thank you for the truth that you've revealed to us in our time of prayer with you, in words of encouragement from other believers. Lord, we thank you that you have revealed your presence in our lives. As we go, Lord, we pray that distractions would wash away. Lord, we pray that that we would see what you see And that as you show us what to pray for, we would pray for those things, trusting that everything else will will be in accordance with your will. And Lord, we pray that our eyes would be open. We pray that our ears would be open, that we would be able to see you, hear you, 
and know you even more. Amen.